0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: And I, th- I honestly think... do get on to internet rumours here, side. We this we is a family do. show.
2: The Fantasy Football Show.
1: Hello everybody, my name's James, welcome to another Planet FPL Clash of the Correspondents and the first of three COTC podcasts we'll be doing ahead of Game Week 22. And on this one, I've got the two correspondents who think they're the biggest players outside the greedy six, Cartel as they're calling it. And yes, we will have a little chat about FFP later on the pod. Firstly, let me introduce you to our Aston Villa correspondent, he still thinks he's up challenging for the title, it's Lee Jackson, how are you Lee? Very good, thanks. Good stuff. And our Newcastle United correspondent, Simon Bibby's in. He's opened up by the time game with 21 finishes. They're still in the top half. How are you, Si? <laughs>
0: yeah, good. Thanks, James. Good nice man. to meet you, Lee.
1: Yeah, likewise, sir. Oh, isn't that nice? You just did this off camera. You don't have to do it again, lads. Uh, Lee, we last <laughs> spoke ahead of this massive doubleheader you had with City and Arsenal. Mm-hmm. You won them both.
2: You must have got giddy as hell, mate. I predicted us to beat City as well, if you remember on C O T C with Johnny. So,
1: and I think you might find so did I.
2: You did. You did. Um yeah. you beat that
1: lot from South London as well, though. Sorry, Sedokana, sorry.
2: <laughs> no, like you say, giddy. It was a surreal week. Um and although the scores were the same, two very different games in terms yeah, yeah. of City where we absolutely pummeled them and thoroughly deserved the victory, whereas Arsenal more back to the walls hanging on. Um but yeah, incredible results um, and it took us to uh, very nearly the top of the Premier League if we could have just beaten Sheffield United on that Friday night. But still a remarkable season, We're absolutely de- delighted with where we are. Um, got no European games for a bit now, still in the FA Cup. Yeah, dreamland. It is one league winning four though. Does yeah, it, that's the, th- that's th- the does it thing. feel like it doesn't
1: quite feel like that? But does it almost feel like the opportunity's gone a little bit?
2: Yeah, it, it's funny that it feels like we've had a real dip in form. Mood has dropped a bit, and we're third. <laughs> it's yeah, like, it's still mind blowing. Um, but that just says, and I think it's a reflection of any football team is how quickly expectations build. You put together a really good run. You beat two big teams, and suddenly everyone expects you to win every game. Um, but yeah, when you take a step back, we're still in a great position. Um, but yeah, form recently hasn't been good. And the common theme seems to be um, teams that sit in a lower block that show us the respect of being a top four team now and say, well, what have you got? Come on then, break us down. Those are the teams we struggle against. If we look at the most recent game at Goodison, which finished 0-0, just couldn't get through them, just couldn't create that um to quote Stephen Gerrard, moment of magic, um, to get through the defense and and finish and score a goal. So and yeah. To be fair, that's <laughs>
1: Sunai Emery's first ever nil-nil in the Premier League.
2: Yeah. Yeah, man. It felt like watching that
1: game on Sunday that you were always the more likely, but I never truly felt you'd win it at the same time.
2: Yeah, I know what you mean. It just felt like it was going to be one of those days where we'd create and create and create. But there wasn't that that final killer pass or that that shot that just um, gives the goalie no chance. Um, yeah, and it's it felt like that in a few games this season. The Sheffield United game at home where we ended up drawing the most star game in the uh, Conference League Um Bosnian team where they came and just sat really deep and it wasn't until at the 94th minute that we managed to scrape a 1-0 win. So it's it's a common theme actually where we, we just struggle against low blocks, which hopefully um, Newcastle won't be if they come and try and play like they did at Villa Park last season and actually come out. We might stand a better chance than if they sit deep.
1: It's interesting you mention that because the last two games have been uh, very Differing, uh, you got absolutely wiped away at Villa Park in April, Si, 3-0, but you obviously walloped Leeds team 5-1 on the opening day. Are there lessons that we can take from those two games into this? Is it likely to be a more resolute Newcastle or do you think you'll be open?
0: Oh, it's hard to say with with how. I think there's definitely lessons to be learned, but I think even if you look at the opponents we've had this season whether he's put those lessons and applied them is, is slightly different it was definitely the biggest humbling we got last season at Villa Park like we weren't outplayed like that I think apart by anyone else right Brighton Brighton but like Villa was by like by far the the biggest beat we got last season we had a few more this year um, but it's interesting that the the kind of the journey that Villa are on this season is kind of mirrors what we were on last season in terms of results and the expectations and then that slight dip, like even because we drew a lot of games last year. Um but yeah. So I've I took Villa for a good season at the start and I think you know they're kind of Is on it track. Four games track you lost about. last
1: year, sorry. Si. Is that right? Is it four?
0: Yeah we drew 14 I think last year or something like that. Uh we're actually not that far off to be honest. What we were last season. If we win after Villa, I mean we'll talk something we talked previously about we've got like a nice run that comes up starting at Luton at home. Uh, if we win that game, the Forest game, and I think it's Bournemouth, which ironically we've lost all three of those. Uh, the reverse fixtures this season, I think we'll be on the same points as we were at that stage last season. So it's yeah. interesting the narratives
1: that get spun out. Well, here's another one, which is not a narrative. It's a fact. You've lost six of the last seven. That I know it's been a tough run, but we've also had, it felt like it eased with like the Forest-Luton game. Uh-huh. games rather than you lost both of them as well and I think those are the two that caused the alarm bells because it felt like you got into sort of late November early December and then the schedule and the interest just suddenly became too much it went from earlier in the season when you had a few problems I felt like you was having sort of Saturday Wednesday Champions League Sunday League it felt like it was working out then you had that mad period where it was just like wednesday saturday tuesday saturday tuesday and it just went and on and on through the whole month didn't it
0: Played the same 11 every game i as know well. nuts uh yeah i it's funny because you talked about it last season i think it was one of the things that you flagged after our good start was whether we could keep that up whether they'd be yeah. a dip and, and actually and i didn't. think i think it was yeah i think it was the same i think it just happened 18 months later, later than, than we expected. thought it might um and that's that's you know credits to how the team the condition and the mentality and everything but it just reaches a point where i know you said we we're to talk about ffp later but you you just can't you can't run the same 11 players even the goalkeeper like the i know some of them are freak injuries but you just can't run the same 11 players through that schedule of games and expect to particularly the way that we play and how wants them to play and come out on the other side in a good position and i think you know by and large, the fans kind of recognise that.
1: Is there, is there regret in hindsight that you didn't sacrifice something? Say like the the game at Tottenham, which was just before the AC Milan game. I mean, you played Everton the Thursday, you got well beat. You got well beat by my team on the Sunday, and it was obvious that you were knackered. Then there was Milan on the Wednesday. Did it feel like you should have sacrificed something in the middle there?
0: That's just not How's mentality, though. It's, it's clear like now... I think it's the first time that he's been in a position as as a manager to have to go through this, and you know, you could say at the moment it's not a strength of his in terms of squad management. Uh, I think there's potential mind games going on with the the board in terms of him clearly stating that you know which players he has in his squad that he thinks are are up to the challenge, and he just refuses to play the ones that aren't. Uh, yeah, it's hard to say when you when you're not in in and amongst it. There's definitely games where you know I, I I've stopped throwing up predictions and and things just because you know a becomes pretty obvious that he's going to pick the same like 11 players but b like some of the decisions were just like bonkers i think you just needed a break well i think spurs game i think bournemouth as well was coming like that that was in and around some like key champions league games um and you think there are certain players like you could you could throw like matt Ritchie into a game he's he's not good yeah, like Paul Dummett, you know, it, and even the the Manchester United game in the in the League Cup where they went to Old Trafford it was probably the only time that I actually he thought oh, I'll I'll rotate the squad and they played really well and like he didn't he didn't go back to that and I thought like you might see that exact lineup with Paul playing left back, Dummit, Craft, centre back, and this was at the time where I think the cells was potentially our only fit centre back, and there was question marks around Shower every week. He just didn't do it. Um, I think there's lessons to be learned, and I think he'll get to the end of the season. Um, not not talking about transfers, but just the current squad. Get to the end of the season, and if we're in the same situation next year, and he's still plowing through with the same players, I think I think it's it may be time for a for a change because I don't know. I just, I just don't think you
1: can manage this way at at the level we're trying to get to. Well, people kind of are going to start. Talking about it now because of the results, aren't they? And you know a manager, wherever you think of him, like Mourinho comes on the market, people will speculate, exactly. won't they? Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know what? Uh, I, think uh, I don't need it. to say anything.
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, I've seen like the usual like talk sport and all that bullshit talking, talking about it. I don't know. I think if you actually polled every fan, maybe like 5% would think that like, he's the right man for it. But at the same time, everyone's complaining when we're trying to hold on to, to one goal leads. Um, or sitting too deep and defending, and you think, "Oh, well, what's what's going to happen when Mourinho comes in? So, I don't know. It's not, not for me. I don't, I don't think you... money-wise we're in a position to fulfil the demands of a manager like that. I think I think we just need to stick with how, to be honest, until we're in a, a different place financially. A so topic. you
1: said maybe 5% would maybe take Mourinho or want at this moment in time. Yeah, but if you polled that. the fans in terms of would you just generally change the manager, what would the percentage be at the moment, do you think?
0: uh poor i think it would be higher and then i think if you asked them actually who would you want to go get and replace how they wouldn't know and and then so it's two different questions yeah uh i i think i just think it would be mad i think he's built up so much credit in the bank with the ownership the fans and the players i think ultimately if the players are still playing for him and even through that run where they all the players were like knackered you could tell they were still you know trying to win soft penalties and it's just the fact that they were completely like run Did out. Did you say cheap? Um it was the Bournemouth game in the last 5 minutes where I think like Wilson like threw himself to the ground and stuff. If the players had like chucked it in and weren't trying to win matches for the manager I don't think you see that. It's not it's not necessarily a no, so I mean, I, yeah, I I've never thought through it's this fatigue
1: but... or anything you've been suffering. I never thought for a moment you could look at a set of players saying, "I'm not playing for the manager. I just exactly. think they were out so... on their feet and didn't have a lot to go and lot to give. Uh, you know, even use the example of Lewis Miley coming in, who I know had like a good pre-season for you and quite impressed. Hmm. We know, He's a young boy, right? And he's ended up playing all these games consecutively. And he, he's built like a man, don't get me wrong, but he's still a young boy and he's ended up having to do it And he's relying on him for like 90 minutes Thursday, Sunday, Wednesday. Yeah, I I think so, mate. But that's on on how? It is. Because there's Uh, got to be some form of alternative solutions there.
0: Yeah, I think there is. I think he's he's a systems manager and he, he trusts certain players in certain positions and just won't He's not flexible in, in, that, in that way. But I mean, Miley earned his spot and was playing really well. But even him, I think it's been too much in the last month. You can tell the last three or four games has been a dip in even in his performances. Um, he got rested in the FA Cup against Sunderland. But now with this Joe Linton injury, which is a oh, massive body blow for us. Is that the worst player? I
1: said that's the worst oh, player you could have lost. Is that a fair comment?
0: Well, I think, yeah, in terms of injury and also out of our big players to be sold I would I think he's the hardest one to replace to be honest we have other players that fit that can play in that position but oh it's massive so now we're going into the game against Villa with Longstaff Bruno and Miley Bruno's quite close to getting a two game ban he's on nine yellow cards so he's so on nine now he's on nine yeah he's got the most bookings in the league and if you go back, I think three of them are probably actual tackles and three of them are for descent. And I think that's just, a, he just like embodies us as a club, like always fighting, but sometimes fighting in, in the wrong way. And the fatigue has is, is obviously happened an impact. back. He's amazing. He's been fit all season, like which is he's not one of those players that you think would be able to withstand it. And he's, he's not looked overly fatigued. I think he's just struggled with what he's had around him to work with. But yeah, nine yellow cards most of the league.
1: FPL's got him on eight at the moment.
0: Hmm. Okay. Now, they
1: have been known to miss Why? ones before. Yeah. And that's oh, happened I, this that's... season. It happened with Jack Grealish this season, actually, where they had him on uh, three yellow cards and he was already on four, for example. Do um, so yellow
0: cards and cups count?
1: No. So if you got put to no. Sunderland, if you were thinking that's another oh. one, it won't count.
0: No, it's not that. I've, I've just read about him being a book in a way. If he's two bookings away, he's going to miss a game soon anyway. Like, Well, at some point, really he's himself. going to end up
1: missing two games, yeah. Yeah, quite clearly. And okay. with Joel Linton's absence, that's a blow. And the other thing about this Villa game is, I know you've got a nice long break up to the Fulham game, but Villa falls three days after Fulham. He's going to basically play the same team twice again, isn't
0: he? Yeah. Got no choice, really. I mean, Livermento is the only one. Uh, he was ill at the weekend, but you always knew Dan Burton was going to play after you know, the performance and the, particularly him, he played well against Sunderland. So he was always going to come back in, even if you could question. You could quite obviously see the tactics that Pep was playing against us. You know, break on the transition, play your backs high, which is interesting because I think it's probably what Villa are going to try and do to us again when we play him.
1: Lee, you think you can take advantage of this? I suppose what's interesting about it as well, you've got the best home record in the league. Two point nine points per game at home, beat everybody bar Sheffield United. Remarkable narrative. <laughs> si, you've got the second worst away record in the league. We we can't just put that over the last two months. That's it's gone on all season, mate. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's true. Uh, I do think in fact, the can... only the only team you've beat away from home is Sheffield United. There you go. That's full <laughs> circle.
0: Uh, yeah, I think, but you can you can box those into different parts of the season. I feel I almost feel like if if we had a crystal ball and you could see how bad December was going to be, there are some games earlier in the season where we almost, it's not that we didn't try. We just, I don't know
2: the urgency wasn't there. That was there last season. That's like and, a playground excuse. So. I wasn't, trying. I, wasn't uh, trying. I don't know. You'd
0: have to watch the games through. Really, it's like <laughs> so, so, uh, defensively, obviously, like making a lot more mistakes. But I do I do think a lot of the players, there aren't that many players that have been through this in our squad before. And that kind of experience, even like on a individual game-by-game basis, you look at like Man City and, the world, and teams like that, they just know at different parts of the season what's required. Mm. And I don't think we had that experience at the start of the season to know like, fuck, we need to get like a lot of points on the board here. And like, we we we're getting injuries from the first game. I remember like, um, even the filler game, I think we, we picked up an injury first game of the season. And then it's been slowly a decline in availability um, ever since then, what's not what's the target easy. now? I mean, do you look at Villa as catchable or are they too far ahead? Probably too far ahead now. I'd say. I think any European spot. I think that's. Com- I'd be fine with getting a conference spot. I think the plan for the club is to not spend this this January if they can and try get players back and push up and try and claim that seventh or potentially eighth if it works out spot. And I think that'd be fine. Which is why I don't think house under under pressure because i think they're taking it upon themselves to say actually we've got the if we get the players back we've got the squad availability and depth to actually you know make up the probably six to nine points after yeah you know, that we need to to get that spot so i don't think it's that i still think oh, we can certainly
1: that. make up to qualify for europa i think yeah. if you if you look at city liverpool and arsenal was realistically uncatchable for you then Villa's got to be the target if you were to finish top four, right? And it might be that fifth could still be enough for Champions League, but it's a it's a fair distance to my team at the moment as well. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah.
2: 14 points behind Villa. I didn't realise it was that big. That is a lot, isn't it?
1: And what are we, three behind Julie, is it? Yeah. Yeah. So it's 11 to us as well, which, you know, you've got what sort of doubled out in games left, not, not even that. So it becomes a, a task to catch up, particularly when you've, Going about to go away to the team that's got the best home record as well, Lee. Uh, I guess you're blessed to have the availability of rotation at the moment, right? We couldn't be so sure about your eleven against Newcastle, for example.
2: No, um, I mean we've we've been without players all season, haven't we? I mean Mings and Buendia, two of the first choice eleven from the end of last yep. season, both been missing all season. We've seen very little of Moreno and Ramsey uh, this season up until very recently. Um, so, yeah, we, we've we had injury issues too. But I do think now, when I look at that squad, even without Mings and Buendia, we've got strength in depth now. Um, yeah, I
1: mean, you added someone like Clement Longley, which I presume you wouldn't have done if Tyron Mings hadn't got injured, for example. Exactly, yeah, yeah.
2: exactly. Um, but, yeah, just that strength in depth that we've got now, to be able to bring someone like Tielemans off the bench um, and have someone like Duran for Watkins, who can chip in with the odd goal... It's just a, a real upgrade compared to what we had um, 12 months ago. Luca Dean and Alex Moreno, we've got two left-backs that would walk into most Premier League teams. Um, so, yeah, yeah. That's the biggest difference, I think, compared to what we had 12 months ago. It's just that strength and depth now.
1: To answer a Planet FPL question, I've got Leon Bailey, Suja's so got Musa Diabe. Which one of us is going to be particularly unhappy come game week 22 if we start our players? <laughs>
2: Well, more and more over the last few uh, weeks, uh, Emery's been playing both, hasn't he? Um, which I know for I a while. Don't see
1: that lasting that. Taylor backbone
2: No, yeah. maybe not. Um, it's it's a really tough one to call. That Emery's one of these managers where, without making this an Emery loving, which obviously I, I could do for a full podcast on its own. He does seem to have a game plan for every match, and he will pick the best 11 that he thinks will win that game. He doesn't just have his first choice 11 and he rolls that 11 out every week, um, which is what has made picking the Villa 11 this season quite tricky because at times he does bring Bailey into the 11. Other times he'll drop Bailey out, he'll play cash at right back, or sometimes it'll be Concert. And that then has repercussions on further up the pitch, whether it's the DRB or um, someone different. That
1: said, though, if, if we assume you're a back four and you've got, let's say, six attacking positions, if you will, if you include the midfielders, not that I'd want to name Bubakar Kamara as one of them, but Kamara, Louise, McGinn, and Watkins yes. would be a shock if they didn't start, right? For any yeah, game the, at the moment. Those
2: are definitely the ones where you would say. So it's
1: only two more spaces yeah. within Tielemans, Ramsey, DRB, Bailey. Bailey basically tough it is tough do you see him using drb out wide because a lot of us thought that's what he'd come in as as a wide player when you sign him we haven't really seen that so i presume to 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 club those four other players together bailey's the one who naturally wants to play wide i
2: guess yeah exactly bailey and ramsey both wide players i mean ramsey was left-sided wide player first choice for the whole of last season. Zaniolo's the other one that comes into the equation course, that we haven't yeah. mentioned. Um, Told you you yeah. was wasting
1: that alone space there, mate. Other <laughs> one, to be honest, I think again, if Wendy hadn't suffered his problem, you wouldn't have bothered with that either.
2: No, probably not. Um, but yeah, Diaby is is the one that surprisingly, he's been wanting to play through the middle off Watkins, but then we've also seen Tielemans play that position just behind Watkins Ooh. as well. So
0: It's not it really is... a surprise to me, to be honest, about Diaby. I think one of the things, so we were obviously linked with him last year, and I think because we played 4-3-3, that, and that's all we play, there were, I think, concerns about him in that wide position and tracking back, particularly when we've got Almer and what he does there. He's almost the complete opposite. So I think I think if he played out there, he'd get exposed in the Premier League and it'd become a place that, particularly with cash behind him, that would be targeted. So that's why I like Emery. I think he's Really good manager, and he just has, like you say, that flexibility, which, um, which Howe hasn't got. A lot, to be
2: honest, I quite like him too, so he's all right. Are we yeah.
1: still sticking with the narrative, Lee, that that Bailey generally is probably bad news for Cash, subject to fixture? Because I think we have to remember that there's the few that they've played recently together, but they have been some of the easier fixtures, haven't they, with respect?
2: Yeah, agreed. Yeah, if we've got an easy home game, it could be both of them, <laughs> but if the fixture is average or a tough fixture you wouldn't expect to see both of them in the 11 it's going to be one or the other
1: i take it Ezri concert is the one definitive at the back is it whether he plays a right side center back or right back or, or not
2: yeah and torres when he's fit
1: so torres would definitely come back in for you what, what's yeah. what's the latest on him
2: um well we thought he might be in in and around the squad for the the weekend emery said in his um press conference. Torres is fit. He's trained. He's good. But he wasn't in the match day squad so I don't know whether he was playing games a little bit there. Um yeah That one's but, a
1: bit concerning because he was on the bench at Manchester United, wasn't he? Which was yeah. New Year's
2: day. So you think, well, it
1: leads him into the next game and it's we, we're fast in over two weeks now.
2: Yeah, you certainly can't go and buy from an FPL point of view.
1: Would you buy Alex Moreno?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I don't mind that. Is that the I one? Do, do you yeah. see
1: him Playing regularly enough, because you know what the... Oh, is he going to play instead of Luca Dean? That's the fear, isn't it?
2: Yeah, and that's it. I mean, any sensible FPL manager is going to have a 12th man of some sort to come in. Um, but with Moreno's high upside, I think it's worth that gamble. I do think he is the better player than Luca Dean. And I do think there's a reason why last season Emery signed one player that made it into the eleven, And that was Alex Moreno. It's his man he's brought him in. And he was really good against Burnley, got forward loads. Um, yeah, I don't see any reason why it won't be Moreno's position going forward.
1: So you want to, if you wanted to invest, you'd go in at that rather than one of the cheaper, perhaps safer ones, Torres or Conser, for example.
2: Yeah, I would. I think there's the upside there to go for it. Do you own yourself at the moment? Nope.
1: What Villa assets you got? Just Watkins. What are we doing with him, Lee? Because there's there's conflicting problems here. And your cup tie at Chelsea is obviously very important from an FPL perspective because should you lose, which you obviously don't want to do, then obviously your fixture at West Ham in game with 29 definitely goes ahead. And that would probably, I think, over the next eight game weeks, knowing that fixture was on, I think that would probably put you top of my fixture difficulty rating, despite the fact that the clubs like Manchester City will have doubles in that period. So what do we do? Because... Solanke might have a double. Tony, we now know, has got a double. There's also the suggestion that people need to use the likes of Watkins to find funds to get back to the likes of Salah or Force of De Bruyne in. What's the thinking, Eli? He hasn't scored for four. We know how consistent he is. What are you thinking?
2: No sweat. Nowhere near being sold for me. Uh, 8.9 million. Third highest scoring player in the game. Nah. It's, yeah, he hasn't scored in four. That's fine. He'll probably score against Newcastle. Like he doesn't go oh, long yeah. without,
1: without that. That makes I would. I, would, <laughs> I would, Definite I would, red card I would incoming now, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but you know what I mean.
2: Over the long term, he is just consistent. It's not just the goals. Like he's got eleven assists this season in FPL. Like he's got so many routes to points. He's the clear talisman, um, and he's only eight point nine million. He's not going to break your budget um, to keep him in there. So
1: now I think he's an absolute hold. No, but sacrifices, if people want to get all the players they want to get, even if we just look at it from that perspective and forget your Solanke uh, Tony, we know has got double Solanke might at some point. Even if it's just a case of finding funds, you could make the same case that, say, Bakaya Saka as an alternative. I was just going to say, Saka might be a another way class. to find the money. To be honest, like, I'm looking at selling both to find money, mate.
2: I'd sell Saka over Watkins.
1: And I agree with that. I agree with that. But if you can jump down to uh, Jimenez, for example, um, the one thing with Watkins is brilliantly consistent. But how often would his point return actually hurt? He doesn't haul that often.
2: I no, think probably no, because
1: of the Sheffield United and Burnley games, we'd look at things like, I mean, I take game week 23 as a, an example. Let's say none of the big hitters are back, right? Including, say, Holland, for example, right? Look at Watkins at Sheffield United. We say Arsenal, Liverpool playing each other. Well, Captain Watkins at Sheffield United, as many of us did. Now, you're shutting your head for the benefit of those on the audio. Now, you don't fancy that quite so much, do you?
2: No, I, I, there's a huge difference in my mind in FPL in terms of who will I captain and who do I want in my team. Watkins is nowhere near leaving my team, but equally, I'd never captain him. He's just, like you say... He doesn't very often hit double digits. He's not particularly explosive. Um, obviously, he'll score a hat-trick Now I've said that. But um, no, he, I don't see him as a captaincy option, which obviously reduces his appeal from a uh, FPL point of view if you know you're not going to captain him. But um, in terms of that week specifically, it is slim Pickens, Man City at Brentford, if Harlan's back, that's where you're going, aren't you?
1: Uh Yeah, I mean, well, you've got a great fixture, size, so maybe it'll be just steam into Alexander Isak, for example, will it?
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to owning him for the fifth time this
1: season. <laughs> After previous four times gone, mate.
0: Uh, mixed bag. Um, He was scoring for me, but then Wilson came back and I was like, well, there's going to be rotation here. Surely if there's one place that we've seen them rotate, it's that striker spot. And then Wilson got injured again and he's been banging them in ever since yeah
2: um is wilson still out injured this game he's
0: one of the pe- one of the players that we're expecting back he, he won't be back for villa it's not expected anyway um but we think Fulham well, um and potentially definitely Luton by that is- point i think he's going to play the last 20 minutes of games anyway
2: like you say, that's just what makes ESAC hard to go to because we saw it so many times last season where Wilson just yeah, started I mean, out of nowhere. Re- realistically,
1: uh, how are you finding the the money to and the luxury to make a move like that at the moment with the, the doubles of others, etc.? I,
0: I do think we might see something slightly different in the, the rotation of the front four with the games being spaced out as they're probably likely to continue to be depending on how we do in the FA Cup. I think Gordon on the right, Isak on the left Wilson up top you'll see more of that with Miggy getting subbed I think is more likely. I think if Isak's fit and, he, and it looks like his groin injury is behind him I think he he's too good that you can't you can't mess about particularly with the way that we're concealing goals at the moment you can't mess about and take him off with 20 minutes to go if we've got one game a week so I'd say I can see him playing more on the left than Gordon and and playing more on the right, to be honest, to finish the season well, off. That won't he'll...
1: sound great to the people who are just thinking, come on, James, I want a captain Anthony Gordon in game week 23. And actually, why not if the big hitters aren't back? He's returned in, what, all but one home game so far. It's Luton at home for the record, which is the start of, a, I think, an attractive three-game run of Luton at home, mm-hmm. Forest away, Bournemouth at home. Although, well, as you correctly pointed out, you lost all the three reverse games. Then there's a trip to Arsenal. There's another good home game against Wolves after that as well in terms of, I think, say for a Gordon, that's that's a good fixture. Anthony Gordon, captain 23, so?
0: It depends what you want from your captain pick. If you're just trying to avoid a blank and you're looking for the low floor potential ceiling, then yeah, I think he's... I'd back him to get at least five, six points in that game. Would you
1: fancy him to do so quite so much if he was to move to the right.
0: I think you've seen his best goals for us have either been running in at the back post from crosses that will come in from the right or cutting inside and finishing with his right foot. So I think it depletes that aspect of it. A bit. He's, a, he's a really good footballer and he's smart enough. That I think he'd still create opportunities and has created opportunities when he's played out there. It's just obviously not his best position. I think when you've got the strength of depth that we've got, if in this scenario Wilson comes back. I think Jacob Murphy is potentially close, but with shoulder injuries, that can just that could just go at any point. Um that's the only one. I think the the fitness of Murphy actually might be kind of on the small key to to Gordon. If Murphy's there, then it's Gordon Isak on the left, potentially with Wilson up top and Murphy will play minutes if he's back fit again. Harvey but... Barnes close or not? No, no, he's not. Um everyone keeps uh, it's been described as a, a bit of an nfl injury so this toe injury that he's got it's the bone underneath his toe which is quite delicate and is uh it's really hard to do any like rehab on it so it's just a case of i think he just goes for scans and sees whether it's whether it's uh healed or not and it's just not to this point so i think even if he's you know you see pictures of him in the training ground i think it might be i think his his match fitness must be like some way off so I don't know. I'm not. I'm not expecting to see Harvey Barnes back at any point soon.
1: Okay. What Newcastle you got at the moment, sir?
0: Newcastle. I have uh, Livermento and Gordon and no ESAC. I I'll do take, have the same I, amount of other players.
1: I'll take it. Gordon's a hold through this period, yeah.
0: Oh yeah. I've got. i I've, I've gotten him very early. So I think value wise, there Sorry. isn't anyone at five. Five and a half million that I would no. consider sending. And, and
1: to, go, to go back to the point, Lee, about let's like, say Watkins and Saka and stuff like that. If you're sitting there and you've got the value built up in the likes of Palmer and Gordon, for example, like they're so easy holds, aren't they? Versus mm. you can funnel the money off of off of Watkins. What should Livramento plan side? Because I take it from what you're saying, you're not expecting him to go back into the team automatically.
0: No, he's he's been he's been on my bench. I've just had other other fires. kind of priority transfers and, and fires here. Yeah. Um, but I have got Moreno. I got him, I just checked actually. I got him in game week 18, just randomly. I think that was when I saw Dine went down with a hamstring injury or something. I can't know. He played, he played like the next game after that and then got injured. Um. So I'm like, um, yeah, he should have scored last weekend. So he's definitely my third defender. And since I've had him in, I've not really been tempted to even start the But probably can do at this point. He didn't get against City coming off the bench. I don't think I want to put eleven out this game week.
1: Trips. What would you advise people here? Because again, he's so, another one that you can use to find money, right? You could so move I, trips to Botman, even right, and you you put in two million in the bank or so, right? So prior to the Jolinton news, so
0: I've I'm currently ranked like over two million at the moment. I'm like absolutely gagging to use my wild card. I need you to tell me. To hold off because, like, when I saw this, well, I basically, my plan was to use it for this Luton game and go back in onto pre Newcastle and go in on Trippier. I've not owned him all season. Um, I just think with this Joel Linton injury and what we've got in midfield, I'm just it's just
1: it's 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 put me off that strategy. So now I think what, I'm just going to end up falling into what think everyone else does. I'm going to say about a game with 23 wildcards.
0: I'm going to say wait
1: until at least the FA Cup fifth round draw is announced? No, I'm going to say, play it your way, mate. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> play it my way. Um, Jesus. I don't, uh, I wanna... honest, no, listen, in terms of 23, you've got 22. information, right? You've got information from the FA Cup fourth round, you've got the fifth round draw, you know it was in the Carabao Cup final. Actually, wait until the kind of week where 22 is obviously midweek fixtures towards the weekend of 23. You might even get announcement of something perhaps Liverpool v Luton which you may not get prior to the 22 deadline for example so yeah if you want to set it up really nice for 25 know that you're going to manage through 26 you'll have a an understanding clearer than it looks at the moment in terms of what 29 would look like then sure and if you yourselves ended up playing at 29 away at Crystal Palace then again long term looks like a good run of fixtures for Newcastle with mean, someone like trips anyway you yeah so worried about the fixtures it's any time isn't it you might debate whether yeah. you play him at Arsenal for example but other than that you play him in every game wouldn't you
0: yeah he's looked he's looked good the last couple of games um back to his kind of a attacking best so I would I, I think if you're if you're not looking to play it safe and consolidate your your rank if you need to, if you've got mini leagues or you're like me where you're having a bit of shit season I think he's potentially one to to go go in on rather than than sell. Um yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with trips. I'd like I would like to get him in. The only caveat is that Joel Linton injury and who we can get back in that field midfield just it's just kind of, I think, potentially derailed our season actually. It was looking like we were going to get a couple of players back and have a bit of a charge towards the end of the season maybe get onto loan signings or signings in, in January, but it doesn't look like that's happening either.
1: Over this seven-game run that you've had with the one win against Fulham, how I many FPL points Trips has got over those seven games? And bearing in mind, he started five of them.
0: Ten? Four. Four points. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's how many goals we conceded. Yeah. That, I, I mean, know.
1: Yeah, that's got a lot to do with it, but there's no attacking returns over those five. Through. I and he and I did have was, some particularly like the Evan Tottenham games I think his performances were questionable right?
0: I think he's over that I think I, I think it was something in his pri- private life and I th- I honestly think Don't the, get onto internet rumours
1: here if side, if this is a family
0: have, show If we'd have played anyone except for Man City the weekend, we're winning that game I think on the back of on the back of Sunderland and even the way we played in that game which is why I'm still somewhat confident about the run and about even the, the game against Villa I think you can get something out of. would you would so, you
1: beat Villa if you played
2: him at the weekend
0: last weekend at home yeah, yeah
2: beating 5-1 probably <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say on Trippier, is he undroppable because from an outsider's point of view some of the performances it's not been good has it at all this season defensively. Like he does look liable. Just
1: if, if, if Sai's saying he's he's over that, then I he probably is, isn't he? I mean, he's El yes. Capitan, isn't he? So
0: Yeah. No, I think he's I think he's that he went through a bit of a rough batch. I do think there was clearly like it started from when he withdrew from the England um yeah England camp. And that, that was the, the catalyst for it. And I think now it's something's changed. They saw the picture of him and his wife looking all happy at New Year's Eve, uh, and he's been he's played well since then. So yeah, no, his tri- Trippy is not a concern. I'd I'd say his ownership's still very high though, it's still thirty eight percent. I don't know what that is among elite managers, and I think that's probably where you can make a decision based on where you are and what you what you want to achieve this season. But for me, it feels like a potential route to points that other people will be ignoring. Yeah, my I think as well tunnel. now.
1: I, I certainly I think those who don't own like me will probably be ignoring. Have you got Lee?
2: Yeah, yeah. So that you gives have. you some so, so indication you of what elite managers are doing. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, what's your rank? Um, higher than you.
1: Oh, <laughs> shit as well. Okay, cool.
2: <laughs> I don't know, actually. Let me
1: look. No, please don't. What's your plan with trips?
2: Um, I think hold. I mean, I've held through Liverpool and Man City. It doesn't feel like now's the right time to sell, looking at the fixtures coming up. He's proven year after year that he's a great FPL asset um I haven't done a lot of planning for the doubles and stuff so that might impact my thinking but purely from a is Trippier a good FPL asset does he have good fixtures is he good value for money point of view yeah no issues
1: anyway more importantly I'm 50k behind you the game week's not finished yet and I'll have you as this season <laughs> goes on mate and then I'll be blocking you off my spreadsheet planner and stuff <laughs> Yeah, I think he's he's going to be a difficult one to buy Sai. Like if you wild card, great. Yeah, you take taking advantage of something yeah. that people else can't do. I, I I get that completely. I think for people like me, it's probably going to be ignored because priorities will lie in different mm. areas, and i I know I'm going to use more money that I need to use somewhere else. It'd be a tough sell for for people though, and obviously that's going to apply to to Watkins, no doubt as well. They like, absolutely mm. no doubt about that. Um, before we finish, guys, we did say we'd cover off a little bit of FFP, which. I want to do specifically with you two. It's obviously very much in the news because of what's happened with Forrest Everton. Um, and I did kind of allude to it at the start. You two almost feel like the closest to breaking the the unbreakable ceiling, which, sorry you did last year and, Lee, you're doing this year. Um, exactly. Lee, to you first, is there a restriction on Villa on FFP going forward over, say, the the, the next couple of transfer windows? And how do you feel about it generally? I should clarify PSR profit sustainability report. I can't help but say FFP.
2: Yeah. So my understanding is yes, we are going to see um, we are gonna be up against it as we sort of annualize the Jack Grealish hundred million no longer being in our sort of three year window. So it is gonna become more challenging. Um, and that probably explains some of our activity at the end of the summer where we were getting rid of some promising young players in Cameron Archer Phil days uh Etc to get not money it's not in. just
1: Chelsea then someone outside the cartel was also getting 100 pure profit for young players is that <laughs> correct not I'm defending Chelsea by the way to clarify
2: no this is it. um so yeah I think we are we are going to be up against it potentially um but equally if we can get that top four that brings in the revenue doesn't it and um, that'll ease issues. The other one is we've but, got some big earners who aren't in the first 11 you Coutinho, Luca Dean are apparently two of our biggest earners and...
1: Coutinho's off the books now he? Or is he it just alone?
2: It was only alone so okay. yeah, he's going to be coming back at some point um, so yeah hopefully we can shift him
1: but The properly
0: you'll have Lee which is what we've had this season and why the system is fundamentally broken is like so we qualified for Champions League last year, we can't sign anyone Based off the Champions League income in January, is not on. It's not in the current three-year
2: cycle. Because it doesn't uh, happen until the summer, is that right? So you'll be yeah, able to spend I, this yeah. coming summer. It, it won't
1: go obviously, but, until on their their uh, their accounts for this season, twenty three, twenty four, right? Right. So this yeah. is a conversation then yeah. for next <laughs> January, basically. Mm. At which point, or, or the, the summer, maybe.
0: It's just. It's just the system is. You ask for opinion. the System is fundamentally broken at, at both ends. I think it stops. It stops clubs that punch above their weight like we did but get to a place where you're in competitions where you can generate more financial income but it's not sustainable because you can't then invest in that same cycle so we're now going to have to go through a period where we because we didn't have the revenue in place because we're going to go through a cycle now where we're going to have to drop out of that level probably go hopefully go down to a lesser european level and then reinvest the money that we got from last season and then hopefully try and go again uh i just find it incredible that all these blockages have been and things have been put in place to stop spending money but like the league had no issue with the fact that on the flip side that you know mike ashley in our previous regime was just running us financially into the ground in terms of like revenue opportunities so we're I, slightly it wasn't unique it it wasn't in terms in, of...
1: I, no i i completely get why nearly all Newcastle fans obviously despise Mike Ashley, and I, I'm not defending it, but in terms of running you in the ground, you weren't actually... I'll re- I'll you you, weren't, you weren't financially unstable.
0: No, I'll rephrase that, but that was because we weren't making any money and we weren't spending any money.
1: And, and actually, and, ironically, because you had a lot in the bank, actually, it did allow some of the signings when these guys first took over the club, right? Yeah,
0: it did. Uh, but then within that three-year period, we're now into the position where, like, revenue-wise, we're just... Even though we're up, I think it was thirty-seven percent the last two years. It's still just nowhere near enough to be able to sustain like spending. So it's it's frustrating. I think there should be potentially you know some things looked at, like for example, the ability to spend money on homegrown players. I think there's a good case of point, actually, is this Calvin Phillips deal. Like we can't do it for the money that Man City are asking, not because we don't have the money because of the way it appears in the book so why not have a different rule set place for the ability to sign homegrown players uh, and that not count when if you can prove that actually you've got the financial capability to sustain it so you know it's we're the richest club in the world but we can't spend any money so there is there seems to be like uh I don't know It just the the system is kind of like clearly in place to help teams that are already at that financial level continue to compete at that level it punishes teams that are coming up and trying to kind of establish themselves in the league or punch above that way and it's punishing teams like Newcastle and Villa who are in European competitions but are going to suffer for it like squad wise so
2: how you yeah. feel it? Like- yeah, I I agree, and and I think the funny thing is, I feel like football fans in general were sort of missold FFP when it first came in, because it was around the time when sort of the whole Chelsea had been taken over and spent loads of money, and Man City were just getting taken over, I think, and were looking like they were going to be the next team that just buys the league, and I feel like at the time it was sort of sold into football fans as look, we don't want these teams that just come along with loads of money and storm into the top six. Whereas actually, it, it has stopped that. But equally, and more importantly, it's maintaining that top six that a team like Liverpool, Man United, Arsenal, they're never going to drop down in terms of those revenues because they've already got that global fan base. They've got that revenue that comes in every year. So they're always going to be able to spend more than an up-and-coming team who wants to try and break into the, um, the top 10 even, like a Brighton or a Bournemouth. They're never going to stand a chance of competing with a Man United when they've got those sort of revenues coming in and the ability to spend in the we're transfer You're both competing win,
1: but... with Manchester United now. Yeah, but in what sense? Well, I mean, for a start, both of you both
2: have better teams than Manchester United. Yeah, but isn't that more because Man United have spent the money so badly, the fans? Uh... Yeah, but we're
0: we gonna have, we're gonna have to sell. We're gonna have to sell. Realistically, we've got we've got two choices as a club, Newcastle. Is one, so you buy play, you buy. You spend money on players to improve your team, which gets you to a position where you then have to sell those same players if you want to then reinvest in the squad to get back to the same position. So we're, realistically, I know there's a lot of talk in the press, but we're probably going to have to sell, or potentially I'll either sell Bruno. Gimenez
1: is, is the name that keeps getting mentioned, isn't it? Br-
0: Bruno's the name, and it's one that makes most sense. And you know, if, if it happens and he goes for 100 million, then that gives us the ability to send, 100? to buy... PSG, exactly. yeah, potentially. Yeah. Poor, poor Barstens, um, give,
1: give him another 100 million. They ain't got enough.
0: You know, that's
1: great. But <laughs> they're that really looking like... at it behind the walls and going, we don't even need this money. <laughs> at least they can spend that money. <laughs> it's like, here's a tenor for Bruno Guimres. <laughs> but is that really like how it should work? Like, you buy no, players? No, your I team think. And then have to sell um, the
0: same players because they've done well. I, I, or, I... or we just do nothing and, and wait until the, the Champions League. And Adidas money kicks in in 18 months time
1: Yeah, no, I'm, to piss I'm, off I'm, I'm not going to throw too much opinion on this because we did a podcast on it um, on Chelsea which out. I recommend people listen. listen to Yeah, <laughs> which, which neither of these two clowns have listened to yet so I don't know if they do or they don't know my opinion but one of the things I did say on there, um, is that I think a, a lot of opinion on it will be massively influenced by the club that you support so if you're a Newcastle fan you feel like you're being denied right if you're a Villa fan, you probably feel like hey, it's hard to push through it. Although, you know, you've got a good chance here, Lee. Like, in, in my opinion, and I think you both do, side because reality is as well. so si, you will, you definitely will break through it. Oh, we will. No eventually. doubt, mate. It just eventually, might take a yeah. little bit longer.
0: And I'm, I'm fine with that. To be honest, it's more. I'm just tired of like the discourse of it, and it's just, it's too much now. Like the constant talking about the fact we have to sell players and what's the transfer budget and all of that stuff i'm like quite happy to just you know right almost write the season off but put it put it down to like lessons learned i don't want to see us like sell the players that i've really enjoyed watching for the last two or three years but i don't know what's your opinion on it as a spurs fan It seems to be something that isn't talked about that much predominantly i, I guess you. did a podcast you on funny. tuesday all, all i would
1: say is in relation to your two clubs i, I would say in fairness and you could do a whole podcast debating this but i think we support three clubs who are similar in terms of size and stature right history everything right there's there's comparisons between the three of us my club has been bashed a lot by its own fan base for the last 15 years of acting quite sensibly and yet has managed to compete with this the rest of this cartel by not pissing money up the wall and being sensible and you know what? It's faced the criticisms of when we were close to win the title and then we didn't buy a player for a year or two because we were building a new stadium and stuff. So, and, and a smaller scale of that, as I explained, is like your Brighton and Brentford models who have come through and are well run, et cetera. And, you know, Brighton is kind of like the copycat model for even some of the big clubs at the moment in terms of how they want to operate. So, the idea that it can't be broke through, particularly in your case, Si, when it's an absolute certainty that you will do. It's just probably going to take a lot longer. My team got in the Champions League in 2010, right? It was another six years before we did it again, and then we then we did it again, and then we did it again. And I'm not saying it would take six years for you to do it again, but it, it might be that yeah, you get in once, okay, you've had to dip out, you'll be close, 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 and and get there. You, see, and... you say it's an absolute certainty, sorry to. It is, off, mate. But
0: like you got you got to remember the uh, who's invested in our club is an, an investment firm, and you know, they, they bought the club under certain conditions and market conditions and every year and with the, the changing of these FFP and whatever you want to call it now, those market condition, conditions change. And if if that means they're in a position where they don't think they're going to get a return on investment within whatever it is that they have deemed, you know, the, the cycle for that investment, you know, maybe they, they do look to exit the club, in which case I think that's, pretty much what the Premier League and, well, if, if and all they, of those if other the, want.
1: If they exit the, the club, you know that 99% of the country is not going to have any sympathy with that. No, they're not. And but, I, I, I get the mixed views from Newcastle fans on that. Um, but most people be like, yeah, great, go. Go then. So yeah, if that happens, then of course you won't make it.
0: That's fine. But there, I know there's the outside politics and everything that comes with Saturday, but there is nothing that they've done in terms of my club that would make me want to... For, for them so to think they're not good because of that. my football club and if the reason that they decide that they don't want to be or can't be is because of the rules that have been put in place since we since they've invested in the club then to me that's wrong I, I you can argue about Saudi Arabian influence and investment all you like but if you look at how other clubs and in different levels of football uh, you know the investment and the ownership structure and everything that's gone into it you know I think they're they're trying to do it the right way and almost getting punished for it at this moment in time.
1: No, I, I get that. If we treat it that way, I completely agree with it. And unlike Lee's team, you know, at least you never gamed a system in the EFL by selling your stadium to circumnavigate rules in the EFL. Isn't that right, Lee? Needs must. <laughs> <laughs> Needs the definitely. Player. The <laughs> listen, all i got to say is thank God for you. You beat Derby County that day, mate. It's, 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 was that yeah. Great. Guys, good chat. The FFP stuff will um, rumble on. I think we can we can come back to it with, with both of you. Uh, very best of luck for what's coming up in game week 22. And I guess your next fixtures, which are FA Cup fourth round games. Lee, will you beat Chelsea?
2: Um, we've won the last two times at Stamford Bridge, uh, but we are notoriously bad away from home. So it's a tough one. Um, I'm not sure we will, actually. Not that confident. So will you beat Fulham?
0: Yes, I think we will. Um, I, honestly, I think part of it might depend on. So they've got their their second round league cup semi final. Yeah, before, three actually. days
2: earlier. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. So I think that's going to have a big impact on it psychologically, and obviously you know, everything else that goes into it. So depending on how to do, but I'm I'm pretty confident now that we're essentially only playing for like one one trophy that that we can we can have a good run at the season.
1: That, would that become for the fans the priority now? the FA Cup rather than what you do in the league?
0: Oh God, it's, it's hard to say because there's so much conversation swirls swirls around like money now. And, and that, obviously, the FA Cup isn't really going to make a dent in that in that. I'm just thinking but...
1: longer term here, but let's say you get to the semi-final, right? And you've got a, <laughs> a rearranged game in the league afterwards and you might be fighting for the sixth spot or something. Are, are the fans after, because of what's happened, going to be like, just god's sakes rest players in other competitions make sure they're right for the cup semi Would it, could it be like that
0: but uh, potentially but i think we also know that Hal's not going to do that he's going to pick his best team and and the one thing we haven't talked about you is may also have team. off your
1: squad back by then yeah as well.
0: the one thing we haven't talked about and no one really knows is what's going on with our medical department because our head of physiotherapy has gone on extended maternity leave and you right. can question some of the the players that have returned and picked up other injuries. I think Howe just trusts his team, and that extends his medical team, and he's been given information, much like a lot of managers are, that players are good to go. Is that and like Sven Botman next week? Much.
1: Next week? Next week?
0: Yeah. Oh well, Howe how is a bullshitter. We know that, and he no, doesn't. We he, he goes. He goes well out of his way to to avoid giving even uh, like the slightest advantage to opponents or anyone. But I also do think that he's quite he's quite straight in terms of like that's probably the information he's been given and yeah it wouldn't be surprised me if we when the club reviews this season if the medical department is i i assume is an area we can invest in that doesn't count towards our financial play, uh, I staff know.
1: wages I, I don't know probably oh, i don't know sorry don't know. mate it might do
0: <laughs> yeah so maybe i might just need to get a degree in physiotherapy go work for them and do it for free maybe <laughs> right. we can sign you for player, but no, I think, I think, just going back to the original question, yeah, I think we'll, I think we'll, be, you know, if you, this is the by far the easiest draw in terms of size and scale and difficulty of an opponent we've had all season. We've, oh God, clicked that as well. Man City, well, yeah, we've had this season. It's actually had.
1: true, unbelievably, yeah. PSG, Dortmund,
0: Milan, Man, Man City, <clears throat> Manchester United and Sunderland away have been our cup games this season,
1: so. Yeah, I, I, Sunderland was tough, wasn't it?
0: I mean, in terms of occasion, like there were, you know, it was the, the squad we had available and stuff. It was, and uh, within two minutes of the game, it was like, oh, this is going to be an absolute piss walk. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's the most most fun i have had all season, to be honest. <laughs> but leading up to the game, it wasn't. And you look at the everything we talked about, schedule wise and stuff. It was potential banana skin, but no, um, no. I think I still maintain. I think we'll get a few players back. We'll finish the season strong, and then get, and not sell anyone. Probably not sign anyone in January uh, and see what happens and then just go again, reset, go again
1: next summer. Lee, you gutted if you don't make top four now.
2: Oh, yeah. I'm guessing if we don't win the league now. <laughs> no. Nah, nah,
1: sit- How many are going to beat Newcastle by then?
2: Uh, same as last time, I reckon. 3 0. Lee going to have
1: some fun with this one, I'm certain. So. <laughs> Prediction
0: for Villa? To all. I think we're gonna we'll be we'll be winning the game and we'll let in another goal in the last five minutes, like we seem to do a lot this season. Joel in and out is a big miss. I think I was yeah. You know I think we could have we could have actually gone there
1: and surprised you and maybe got the three points, but I think that's potentially potentially a step too far. Do you remember what I, I said on our Patreon pod later morning? You played Sheffield United.
2: Uh, Yeah, you said it will be typical that this is exactly the sort of game where you'd look at the form book and go, it's a Villa win, but it's a banana skin. And actually, it'd be typical if Sheffield United get something from it.
1: Classic Barclays, right? Mm -hmm. Well, if you look at your home record and I look at sides' home away record, then there can only be one result, can't there? (laughs) I have have a sneaky that they might get something. But um, I also think the Fulham game gives them, they've got an extra day break on you so it's a three day turnaround again if, if players aren't back that's problematic but the biggest one yeah I, I really think that Joel Linton loss is massive for you yeah. just generally not just for Villa yeah. but upcoming games as well but at least after this the spacing gets better and I don't doubt that you will rise up so you, you won't finish where you are in the league I'm certain of that you'll finish higher gents pleasure thank you both so much Lee anything you want to plug before you go like further Villa FFP reading or any jazz like that or... <laughs>
2: No, if anyone hasn't seen, they go and check out our uh, new crest that's been leaked on Twitter. Do you like it? No. Okay, why are you telling
1: people to check it out then?
2: (laughs) Interesting, isn't
1: it? (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. Uh, And say anything you want to plug, mate?
2: Yeah, just those,
0: I don't know if you've seen those leaked photos. of Well, not leaked, I think there was a uh, 442. This isn't the ones in the
1: hotel that you said you wouldn't talk about,
0: is it? No, no, it's... No, it's the all the current Newcastle guys in the uh, retro Adidas Newcastle kits. Just oh god, god, looks so good! I'm just buzzing for next season. So if you if you want to spend any time on Twitter or X, I wouldn't recommend it. But if you do, go find some of those. To find that, <laughs> yeah. go find by, that photo shoot Incredible. if you can
1: spare it, guys. Don't forget to buy your retro Newcastle track suit so you can help them out with FFP. (laughs) Blinding stuff. Thank you both. (laughs) Thank you both so much, guys. Uh, I'll be streaming tomorrow, scheduled for 12 o'clock. Come and ask me jazz on FPL or FFP, PSR, or any of that stuff. We have, as said, got two more COTCs for you before Game at 22. Not in a forest, yeah. Them still PSR against Arsenal with Mark Sutherland and Adam Pritchard on Monday, and then we've got Wolves and Manchester United for you with Bradley Park and Gary Robinson for you next Thursday. Just leave me to say thanks again so much to Lee and Side. Good luck, gents. Cue music, please, Manchild. <laughs>
2: Fantasy Football Show.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.